New women are discovering this podcast daily, and all the time I get messages from you, the listeners, telling me that this podcast has changed your life. I am so sincerely happy to hear that. Thank you for listening and for tending to that sacred fire of your own sacred remembering journey. It's so important. Here in the final season of the podcast, I want to sincerely invite you into the next iteration of sacred remembering, community. It is more important than ever that women commune, that we weave the unfolding magic of this great mystery together alongside one another, and that we share the codes and realizations of this very real magic that is unfolding in our lives. The Sacred Remembering Community is the next layer deep. If you love the podcast, join us there. We meet in person, on live calls, we meet in truth, in solidarity, and we meet globally. We are opening to a greater experience and expression of energetic, sexual, relational, spiritual, bodily, and financial sovereignty. We do all of this within the unified field and within the integrity of the Christus Sophia, the one Mother, Father, God. We do it in unity and we reunify all of the aspects of ourselves on this journey and in this space. Everyone is sovereign, everyone is free, everyone is on their sacred remembering journey, and we amplify things when we do it in community. It is my honor to serve you and to serve your journey, to introduce you to my wonderful friends. We've been creating community, it's for you, and what's to come is so exciting. The energy from this podcast is now moving into community. After you've enjoyed this episode, or right now, come join us. We're at sarahpoet.com backslash community. Hello and welcome to season six of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who we are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we're rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember our sovereignty together through stories, tools, curiosity, and community. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to join the Sacred Remembering Women's community. I also have many resources for you on your journey to reunite feminine and masculine including private alchemical space holding for both individuals and couples. Schedule a consultation today at sarahpoet.com and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's begin. Hello, beloveds, and welcome back to episode 143. And if you have been listening, you know that I'm going to stop recording this podcast for now or permanently, who knows? at episode 144. So after this one, there's one left. And so this was my last interview. And it's more a conversation than an interview. It's both. But I'm talking with a a best friend, an old friend, Seppi Garrett, today. And I light up as I say that. Um, We just finished recording. And 
you know, over the years, I wanted to invite Seppi on here, and we were going to talk about various topics of feminine and masculine. And I think this timing was so perfect, as has been the case with the unfolding of Sacred Remembering and all of the podcasts and all of the episodes and all of the magic that has really happened here. But I think (laughs) before, I would have invited him on for us to talk about a topic like experts. I don't love that word, but this is what arose in this conversation between he and I today. There was this um, just mention of, you know, showing up as expert or showing up in the awe of the unfolding showing up in the wonder, showing up in the curiosity, in the observational sense, and then responding to that. And so in so many ways, uh, the, the timing and even having Seppi on as like my second to last show, which was this hunch, but not, not totally understanding. Of course, I don't make all decisions with my head and my logical understanding, but there is, you know, there are hunches, there are intuitions. And so I felt it. And so I am grateful for Seppi's yes to this adventure of recording one of our conversations, because our conversations are very deep and very authentic. We met when I was about 23 or 24 years old. And so um, I don't know, I, we did, I did some math and I think it's like 18 years of friendship that has really traversed a lot of um, iterations and forms. And so I love Seppi. I just, I just love Seppi and it's such a pleasure to um, share him here with you today. If this is your very first episode, welcome and you have so many more to go back and discover. The Sacred Remembering podcast is an entire body of work that is so mystical and maps out so much of the journey of feminine and masculine reclamation, specifically in women, and healing trauma and trauma that was kind of induced and brought on by patriarchy. And Sapi and I speak to that today. And and he's been a huge part of my reconciliation journey and my embodiment journey. So there's a lot of really amazing, valuable information mapped out throughout this podcast. And so if you're just finding it, welcome. Again, we trust timing. Everything's right on time. And you can go back and, and pick out the gems and the jewels from the three years of recorded episodes in this collection. It has been my absolute honor to be here with you. I will see you next week, right before the solstice, winter solstice 2022 for the 144th episode. So much love to you all. You can always find me at sarahpoet.com and the sacred remembering community for women, women waking up to the truth of who we are that community will live on. You can find that at sarahpoet.com backslash community. Please enjoy this episode. Please take the (laughs) just such a large amounts of, um, of medicine in, um, 
in this conversation and let it percolate, you know, into your journey of, you know, humanness and love and trusting yourself and learning to trust love again and, you know, deciding what matters. So those are the kinds of things we talk about in this episode. Please enjoy. Thank you, Seppi, and love to all. Hey, Seppi, welcome to my podcast. Sure. Yeah, I'm here with Seppi Garrett, and this is a different kind of conversation or interview today. I don't know that it's going to be an interview, but it's more a conversation. And Seppi and I have been friends for like 18 years. <laughs> yeah, which is quite quite the history, which we can maybe expand on. But um, yeah, I really, before I closed out the podcast, Seppi, I, I wanted to have you on and thank you for being here and our conversations are the best (laughs) in my opinion they're the best and so yeah we're we're essentially recording a conversation and letting people hear it yeah yeah thanks uh thanks for having me it feels it feels good to be here towards the end Yes, I I have all kinds of um, sensations and experiences going on in me and in my body right now. I'm sure maybe you do too, but my uh, my feminine is like excited and maybe a little nervous. But I, as I was tuning into that before coming on with you, I was I was like, I think that this isn't nervousness. It's like it's excitement, and then you know I'm, I'm like putting that energy here. So uh, I'm, I'm doing my best to contain some of my excitement right now. <laughs> Funnel it into this. So um, yes. Okay. I feel like we're both maybe a little timid here to start because we're recording one of our conversations. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to have, to have um, people listening in to, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. So, um, did you prepare a formal bio? No, uh, no. Uh, that's always <laughs> been the hardest question for anything that I've done when they've asked me for a formal bio. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have anything that you want to say, that's that's fine, and I can add if if you want me to. <laughs> well, bio. I did. I did prepare some notes on a on a bio for Seppi, as I might describe it. Mm, <laughs> I didn't ask you for a formal bio and I kind of thought maybe, you know, that we were, we were not going to do that here. You wouldn't show up with one because it's not that kind of thing. And so, um, may I introduce you? Yeah, please. Okay. First of all, I love this human. I love and trust you, Seppi Garrett, so much. So Seppi and I, we met when Seppi was a caseworker, social worker, and we were working with at-risk youth. And you did that for the early part of your career. So your heart is big and cares about young people. You're also a father to two amazing humans. And over the years, you have participated in men's work in men's circles, some of which, you know, others designed. And then some of the circles you called yourself. There was a time where 
you were very interested in permaculture. Maybe that's not past tense, but you had um, quite the permaculture landscape. And it was like people would travel from near and far to come see what Seppi was doing with the permaculture, which was incredible. And hmm, what else? And, you know, you've, you've been a community man. And at one point, even turning your house into like a community center, you called it Seppi's Place. And now you're, you're doing like this intergenerational community thing, which I'll let you speak to if you'd like. And yeah, you've, I've watched you be a partner. I've experienced you as a partner and lover, if we may be honest here. And, um, and friends. So that's yeah. my bio for you. What did I miss? <laughs> um, I don't. Well, uh, I guess body worker. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, I think one of the defining. Uh, I was thinking about this last night. One of the one of the defining moments in my life was when. Um, uh, the experience of having children, and uh, then I remember the nurses when Kylie was born. I remember the nurses coming into the room and talking with my uh, uh, wife at the time, and currently good friend, uh, and who was struggling with nursing, and they were like really pushed apart the formula and saying how it was scientifically proven to be. Nutritious and beneficial for Kylie than anything that she could provide, and her husband could get up at three in the morning and she could finally sleep comfortably through the night, and all this sort of stuff. And so Kylie grew up on formula, and at the end of that, found out about bovine growth hormones, and and then, which really you know upset me, but but uh, lesson learned. And so with Ben, very similar, um, and we use soy formula and then I found out at the end of that around uh, about phytoestrogen and then I found out about glyphosate and so you know a lot of who I am today really stems from this idea of like if, if I if I can't trust the authorities quote, quote unquote you can't see me but if I can't trust the authorities for what I'm paying for to care for my family then who can I who can I trust? And and that got me learning about permaculture and trying to grow, you know, our own food and realizing <laughs> on a on a uh, less than a quarter acre lot in Campville, um, that that's a pretty impossible thing. So it, it led me into relationships with farmers, and I would say that the majority of my focus um, has been relational and uh, food based. You know, for the last 15, 18 years. Um, so that's yeah, that's a that's a big piece of my journey as well. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that that impetus from being a father and wanting the best for the kids and like what to put in their bodies and what they're exposed to, and then becoming um, yeah, just 
I was going to say an activist, but I was like, no, like you just live your life according to your ethics. Um, so yeah, I, I want to maybe come back to that, that topic of, you know, farming and like the tending to the earth and then also being a body worker that feels really rich. And, um, when, when you were thinking of names to name your like massage practice, I think one of them was farm hands. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't stick. But right. Right. I was, yeah. Good thing. Well, I was actually really voting for farm hands because like a man who can put his hands in the earth and tend plants and a man who can put his hands like lovingly on human bodies. I, there's, there's so much medicine in that. Mm. Um, so that, yeah, I, I did, I voted for farm hands, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 And there is, I mean, you're right. There's such a similarity between, um, working, working with the earth and, and growing food and working with the, with the body. And I think maybe the, the most, um, the most unifying aspect of that is prayer, right? Like, um, being in communion conversation and, and union with creator God in both of those tasks is uh, really, really important and necessary. And so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just like, <laughs> just the beauty of creation, just the, the wildness of how how intricate and delicate and resilient and well thought through um, the soil and the life of the soil and um, plants and the human body are is it's just like a, uh, yeah I mean you just kind of stand there and whatever uh, working on in the awe you know wow Zeppi. So I was like, we're going to come back to that topic so I can kind of like ease you into the, you know, conversation slash interview. And then you say something so beautiful, but like standing here kind of like, oh my God, that was amazing. And um, so, yeah, I just, I want to stay here. So being, being in awe of creation and then, and you know, like, this is why I love this man because that awe and that respect um, that you that you render and that you put forward into you know the way you grow plants or the way you cook food for your family or I mean I love when you cook food for me <laughs> it like tastes better than any other food because mm -hmm. of what you're saying you know and then putting that um love and reverence and and respect into the body work and into touch yeah thank you for for sharing that the way that you did yeah. that heart's intention is really clear yeah 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 and and 
for sure it's been a, a learning process but you know when when i was listening to myself i was thinking about um so i i grew up in the church and one of the beautiful things about that experience was being able to do uh, uh some mission trips when i was when i was in high school and and the the most profound one that I did was to uh, Belize and we work with Honduran refugees in a refugee camp in Belize and they were pretty much unseen by the government, recognized by the government and and not um, helped in, in any sort of way. There was a there was a, a, a small creek that in the rainy season become pretty pretty raging and the children living in the camp that would go to the school every day had to cross that creek and there's this there's this um, wet and slippery plank across the creek which is fine uh, when when the creek is was low if they fall off there's no big deal it was only maybe a foot deep or something but but when it was raging they had lost a couple kids the, the year before in the rainy season to mm. to drown and so we went down there and we built them a, a bridge And I remember the thing that I remember the most about that experience was how full of joy the kids were, uh, like how how full of joy they were when we blew them bubbles. And and you know I'm coming from a relatively wealthy community. Um, you know my house, Seppi's place, and the house that I grew up in. You know, we're surrounded by lawyers, and college professors, and, and that sort of stuff. And, and uh, not, not that, not that I, I always felt a little bit outside of that whole thing, but that's kind of the world that I grew up in. And then to go down there and spend that time with these children who had nothing but wonder and awe and joy. And there's such an innocence in, in that. And, um, that I think that that was maybe the, the most impactful thing. And so when we're talking about what it's like, like one of the one of the things that I love most about permaculture, and I'm, I know so many amazing uh, earth workers, permaculture designers, farmers that are so much better than me. Um, so I, I want to you know, kudos to them. Thank you for for teaching me uh, things that you know along the way. But the, the it feels to me like that sense of wonder, that childlike innocence. And awe in the miracles of creation is maybe uh, what was that book that Robert was it Robert Fulcrum something like that that you know everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten or something you know there's there's such a uh, I never want to lose that 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 innocence and that awe in in standing amidst the, the, the brilliance of this creation. I think that's maybe a superpower. Mm. And, and in many ways, it's, it's at least as important as being an expert in farming or permaculture. You know? Otherwise, it just becomes math or science or something like that, something flat.
Yeah. Um, I love that. It becomes at least as important. And I think everyone listening who just heard your story is like, it's more important. (laughs) We're all like hanging on your every word right now. And, you know, I was, I was reflecting, um, just on the last few years and, and our relationship and the things that we've been through and feminine masculine and et cetera, et cetera. And I was remembering how it was 2018 and you and I would go live on Facebook, like every Wednesday evening or something like that. And, um, and we did it for like a couple of months and we talked about feminine masculine and about relationships. And I mean, talk it like we put ourselves out there. We were just like broadcasting this and, um, <laughs> and I think that we were maybe more, well, I think we were more naive and, you know, yay us, yay our younger selves <laughs> for, for, for that um, adventure. But the, the expert um, or like the, you know, who knows the most about the feminine masculine and who has like mastered (laughs) this thing called relationship or like just all of the the knowing and like the putting out there of information that we do and I I'm I'm tired of it and I'm way more interested in the lived and felt experience of of the awe and the sacred um and the relational piece and like sharing that in relationship um so yes, I agree. Um, at least as important <laughs> as as the expert, and I, you know, I, again, like, yay us for <laughs> a certain degree of maturation <laughs> and laying down that um, we do needing. To, I don't think we felt like we needed to be the experts, but I feel like we were willing to share a lot of thoughts and. <laughs> the way we saw it (laughs) yeah 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 you know uh, before we before we started this i was thinking i was uh, uh, maybe i was questioning the sanity or or the judgment in in doing this because uh or you asked me to do this because (laughs) i feel like the the older i get um the you know the 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 less i know (laughs) like i don't know shit (laughs) Uh, you know i mean the the opposite is true and for everything that i do know um or firmly believe typically the opposite is true as well and so um yeah when i look back at at who we were and how far we've come what we thought and, and where i am today um yeah yeah, we've come along. Yeah. I think we've also both been humbled, like humbled, but I don't actually want to move on from the topic of like earth and body worker just yet, if we may stay there. And um, yeah, before we hit record, we were having a little bit of a conversation about vulnerability and like, you know, what to share here and and what not to share here. And so I'll name that I want to share a bit of a story that is about 
you and I, but like in my lived experience in my body. And I share because I I hope that the story is medicine. And um and that's what this podcast has been for. And you know, I probably referenced you on this podcast many times, like maybe without naming you. And um and I want to name that after so after my divorce eight, nine years ago, that first year I I was like learning how much trauma really did live in my body. Um that I had kind of been like I had been high functioning, even though all that had been happening. And then I started to really unwind it with uh, like a trauma informed uh, therapist. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to open myself up to this thing called dating, but it, it was like so wild and wacky. And, and we would have been talking to one another, like during that time. And I was like, this is crazy, you know? And I think you and I were just like getting back into communication after maybe some, some break, um, raising kids and being married and whatnot. And, um, and we were both talking about feminine, masculine, and like online all the time. And so, you know, we started to have conversations and, and so we had planned to meet up because we live 10 hours apart and we planned to meet up when I was up in Pennsylvania And, um, like one thing kind of, you know, life put us together and then we spent nearly a year in relationship. And during that time, and we, you know, it was long distance, but during that time, what I experienced was that there was a steadiness in you, like in, in you, in your body, in the masculine presence, in your hands, in your touch, in, in presence that allowed my system to actually reorganize around some of these older or traumatized patterns. Again, I have more words for it now than I had then. And it was that actually that experience with you over time that, that became the foundation for what I've done with couples in, in my practice. So when I'm approached to work with a couple and there's a trauma pattern, I learned how to presence with a body pattern or with a trauma pattern from you naturally, like is, it is what you naturally, um, in my experience, what, what you do and, and who you are. And so, you know, I think a lot these days about the, the pairing of women's bodies and the earth body and people that are listening to this podcast, hear me talk about heartland. And I'm always like intuiting, you know, pieces of this transmission called heartland. And and just this week, well, I'll actually change what I was going to say and make it more general, but 
often when I'm leading heartland meditations, like I'm, I'm taking women down into the frequency of the earth because our nervous system, like our nervous systems collectively as women have been so jacked and so jacked, you know, part of the cause of that is relational. And um, so bringing women down into this meditative experience of like pairing with the earth frequency and like pairing our, our women's bodies with, with the earth body in order to repair. And I don't know what the question is, but I know that you're going to have something to say in response to that. <laughs> but um, it's big medicine. It's like big, big medicine. Like this, um, I guess I'll say the energy that you carry or like how I experience this awe and reverence that you naturally are and embody and how that um, has changed my life. Like you, you pass it on, <laughs> you, you share it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I, I, uh, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about uh, all of the, So a big part of my journey has been um, like overcoming. Uh, so th there's there's a voice in my head that that is uh, you're not good. You know it's it's like it's like all my own wounding, right? And and one of the things that has happened to me in my life because you're. It's an interesting thing, I, I suppose. Um, I think, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say God because because um, I don't know that I necessarily have a better word, creator. Like there are times, especially when I'm in a zone doing body work or you know with a partner or working the soil that I'm just kind of in this zone and in that space I do my best work when I get out of my way right? when I get out of my head and I, when I stop overthinking and I just kind of do what feels uh, what I feel led to do sometimes like when I'm doing body work I'm, I found myself in this really interesting position where I'm looking at my hands feeling feeling uh, almost a disconnect or or even being amazed at the lines that they're tracing, and um, and so so there's there's that aspect where it feels to me like God is working through me, and then there's the voice in the back of my head that tells me that I'm not good enough, which is you know which is my own trauma, and um, and I think one of the the biggest things for me has been. You know, there are people in my life whom I value and trust, um, you know, with little hesitation, 
And for the longest time, they would reflect back to me what they see in me. And I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't trust that that was their experience with me because it didn't match my own storyline. And yet in every other thing that they would say, hey, I would, I would, I would trust. And so, you know, uh, a lot of my own healing, and it's still a work in progress. Um, and sometimes it's accelerated, and sometimes it's, it's kind of um, muddled, or muted, or dim. Um, but a lot of my healing is, has come from asking myself, like, what is it? What does it say if I if I trust everything? person saying except their perception of me. Mm. So that's 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 what was coming up for me as, as I was listening to you talk about the experience that you had with me is, is um, that it feels really good to hear your perception of that experience and trust that that's what you were experiencing, you know, and and feel grateful for for that, regardless of my a level of maturity or a level of awareness or a level of being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for that. For the reflection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and for the reflection and for and for my ability to trust the reflection, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, to play it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes negative reflections like ring louder or something then but i mean that's the thing about the body though is that like it it doesn't lie so like my body you're coming here in one week and i feel relaxed just thinking about that because as i was um hearing you talk and and thinking about this trust and trusting the experience, like some other times that we've traveled that 10 hour distance um, were arising. And it was like, you know, the, the mapping of time and the mapping of the human story. And I mean, honestly, when we first got together, like I said, I had no idea how much trauma was actually in my system and over the years, learning more of the stories and, and um, like uncovering more and, and the body being more and more willing to um, like reveal more truths. And I'm remembering like early 2018, I was really in a pretty like frightened space at the end of a relationship. It was like, it was like brutal. And I made my way to you, which is a part of a bigger story of like a soul journey, actually, now that I'm tuning into what that was about. So I was like on my way um, to journey onto a a piece of land and and sit in ceremony. And I I made my way to you first. And I knew that that was really needed. And, um, And you were like, okay, let's put you on the massage table. And like you immediately knew to put your hands kind of like presence on my most frightened parts. And, and I just gasped and cried like immediately. And I just held your hands there because that's, 
and, and I'm saying this, you know, again, for the medicine, like for the, because I, I don't know that, um, that we all are aware that that touch and presence can be so healing. Um, yeah, and so, you know, like trembling and like working the trauma out of my body, we just like served my body as a body worker, like non-sexually just served my body and it was incredibly healing. And then, um, yeah, we've, we've experienced that multiple times. So just, I'm just feeling the deep appreciation and, and tuning into the journey um, right now as well. And so I hope <laughs> that you trust my reflection. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to say... Um... I didn't know where to put my hands. Yeah, like, like that wasn't the knowing, right? Like that's, that was, that was God working. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe that entirely. Yeah. And, and this, I don't know, maybe you can speak to, <sighs> Like this is embodied masculinity. Like this is embodied presence. And um, <laughs> I just kind of like did away with the notes or the plans a long time ago. <laughs> so like, what is the question? Um, so yeah, like the difference between knowing and like, because there's so much, I imagine, pressure like in, in, uh, a traditional masculine sense to like have the answers. And so you're talking about dropping into an embodied trust that like creator is going to move through you. Can you speak to that embodiment or like the not knowing, but like letting it move through your body or, and maybe there's like a, you know, when you're farming and you're like in, in process with the earth, like, the embodiment of that and what does it feel like there's there's uh almost always a level of anxiety um that that piece that you're talking about is like um feeling like i need to have the answers or feeling like i need to to be an expert at what i'm doing or feeling like you know, all those things create in me like this fear of failure, getting it wrong. And uh, even even coming on your show today with you, like that anxiety for me becomes a reminder that I, that I, two things. One is that, that I don't need to know everything or have the answers. And two, that I need to let go of um, of that theory and put my faith in something bigger than me. Um, you know, the the the. the and I want to be I want to be really careful that I'm not 
down downplaying myself or the talents that I have or the skills that I have come across as kind of a, a viewer or something like that. Um, but but I, I think I think for me I can get caught in this cycle of, of perfectionism and then not do anything, you know, because I'm so it's like a deer in a headlight, you know. And so so the best sessions that I have, the best um, trying to think of some of the, the really good experiences that I've had with Earth Earthworks moving things around. It's it's really um, being as observant as possible, and then and then finding that um, childlike sense of wonder and putting all of the doubts and fears or maybe the responsibility um, uh, in, into the hands of the creator. You know? And I think that's probably the best work is done, but that anxiety, that fear that comes from the pressure of needing to know everything is it just a, for me a quick reminder to pray. Thank you. Um, I I want to like take what you just said and and like nudge us toward the topic of love relationships. I think, and the um, I, I wrote it down. You said you know first observant, <laughs> then wonder, <laughs> then like trusting creator, and. I was thinking about like applying that to love relationships or like new love relationships and um, yeah, that like sense of, of awe and wonder, you know, if we could, if we could replace that, like, well, how am I presenting myself and am I showing up perfectly and am I getting all the things right that I'm supposed to say or do or embody? And instead we're like, we're watching and then there's so much lightness and, and fun in imagining the um, the awe and the wonder, even like the childlike wonder coming into that space and honoring it all as God. And what comes up for you when I say that? Um. <laughs> A very like idyllic thing I just said. What comes up for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm. Like I said, I'm a work in progress. What comes up for me is is a sense of um, a mix of 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 humor and sadness, right? Like. Like there's there's something that happens. This is all in the context of a love relationship. You had said, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm single, <laughs> right? So there's this irony um, at play. And like I said, I'm a work in progress. Um, there's 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 some sort of alchemy or pressure that. 
that comes in my experience when in relationship like it hits it has the the capacity and this is i think why i've chosen to be single um for quite some time um it's like can i hold that in the classroom of of relationship can i hold that in the the, the classroom of um the intimacy and and if I haven't, why? You know, like like what, what what do those pressures look like that that get me off track? That take me from uh, observance and wonder to you know fear and needing to have the answers and getting in my own way. <laughs> you know, um, and do I have the capacity to to hold what I know now? within the context of, of being in, in a classroom of, of relationship. And I like to think so, but there's, there's hesitancy for me. That's, that's, that's what comes up. Thank you. Because what come what gets in the way? Often it's that little voice in the back of my head that that says uh, you're not good enough, or uh, you know, it's it's those those traumas of of mine hitting up against the traumas of my partner. With the, with the lack of awareness as to, as to what's going on, and then um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the fears. I would say that 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 I mean the short answer to your question is what gets in the way is, is me. Is <laughs> yeah. It's me. Did you say? Yeah. 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 It's just me. Yeah. I just get in my own way. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I love it. But I also I want to note that like when I asked you that question. You took a long pause and I don't edit this podcast and, and I wouldn't ever edit out that pause because I think that it's so important that you would like take the time to pause, right? Which is so much of the medicine in relationships. So when the stuff's getting triggered, when the fight or flight is happening, when we like fear abandonment or all the stories start in our head, it's like, it's that pause that allows us to regroup and right. choose our next action. Right. Yeah. 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 Take some of the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, what, one of the, principles of permaculture that I really like is to observe and interact and mm. slow and slow and small solutions like you know this reminder to like it's okay for me to not know and it's okay for me to, 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 to pause and become 
aware. In fact, not only is it okay, it's like necessary. Yeah. That's, that's the that's the getting in my own way to you know, I feel like I need to have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Slow and small solutions. I love that. So if you were to <laughs> you're the guest, so I get to ask you questions like this. If you were to like advise men on okay, brothers, we're gonna want to have all the answers. And there's going to be this immense pressure to have the answers and show up, you know, perfect and not flawed. And that's like a pressure cooker. Like what, what would that advice be to take some of that pressure off? Because that's it, right? Like that's the, that's the stuff, like the, the facade of masculinity or like the, they have it all together, like pressure. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, oh, what's so earlier talking about the, you know, the trauma experienced by by women, uh, you know, often in the context of relationship and their relationship to to, to masculine to men systems of authority and and I'm 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 thinking about the things that that men generalize right Mm -hmm. experience and how that how that impacts them you know there's jokes about like you know the the couple out for a drive and they're lost and the man's unwilling to ask for directions because he knows where he's going. They end up, you know, late to the wedding or whatever. Um, and and there's a part of me that feels just like a great sadness around, um, like like really deep grief around the the unacknowledged or or. You know, this whole idea of, of male privilege, or white male privilege. Um, feels so abusive, actually, to, to me. And ignorant of you know, like that pressure to know how to get point A to point B uh, comes from somewhere outside of us, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and jokes being made about the, the, the man being unwilling to ask directions and there's not a conversation around why, why do you feel the need to know? Like what happens if you don't know? And I yeah. think that there's, you know, a lot of my own experiences and my own um, you know, there's, there's, <clears throat> yeah, it feels really, I feel really sad. Um, there, <clears throat> there's, it's, it's almost as if, uh, you're in like a, a double bind where, um, you're, you're, there's an expectation for you to know and it's seen as a sign of weakness to to not know 
Um, yet, if if uh, if if you get lost, then there's you know this why didn't you stop and ask for directions type thing. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like fuck. I don't know what to do. And I I, I guess I guess my 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 advice to, to men is, is one start start to to slow down and and look at that and uh, you know I, I guess I guess really it's like having conversations with other men about this has been really healing for me and what one of the mistakes that I've made through the majority of my relational career. Um, <laughs> Has has been to offload all of those um, questions, uh, either consciously or unconsciously, um, actively or passively, to, towards or into the lap of the woman that I'm in partnership with. And I think that as men, we really need to have these conversations with each other, so, so that so that we can consciously have the conversation with our partners, um, as opposed to to, to reactively. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I want to go one layer deeper with like, what does that look like when you kind of project it? I'll use the word project it onto the woman or like lay it in her lap. Like, so you're saying like you, well, I'm imagining, are you saying you want her to validate that you're okay or that what you're doing is enough? Like, what does that look like? Well, I would say that it depends on how aware I am of the situation. I, I would, um, you know, the desire for her to validate, the desire for her to um, know what it is that I'm thinking, even if I don't know what it is that I'm thinking or feeling or experiencing, because I'm not aware of it. The, the willingness and ability to hold the space for me as I struggle or um, uh, forgive me when I, when I snap out or, um, and I don't necessarily know what or why, um, you know, to, to me, it feels like, um, you know, like, like wanting my mom, wanting the un unconditional love of my mom, where I can pretty much do anything and she's going to love and accept me, maybe turn a, a blind eye or, um, you know, not, not push me any further or something like that, as opposed to like, truly coming to understand what it is that's going on for me. Um, and, and I can only, you know, like earlier in this conversation, you were providing to me a reflection of, of how you experience me. And, and there's experiences that only other men have been able to provide reflections for that have been, for me, that have been absolutely critical in understanding who I am and how I got here and, and how how I've been impacted by, you know, uh, uh, like like we share such common experiences as men growing up in this Western culture. Um, and I, I think that yeah, so to answer your question, what does it look like to lay that in the lap of your lover, your partner, your your other? Um, 
mean, I, I guess it's different for, for everybody, but, mm-hmm. you know, expecting you to soothe a nervous system that I don't understand, expecting yeah. you to, to calm me down or to not question or to question just the right way or to love me just the right way or to say just the right thing. And what I've found in my own experiences is that if I can't say that for myself, then it doesn't matter what you say. It's not going to be enough. It's not going to be good enough. And then you have this, you know, this expectation that's out there that you can't meet. And the only way that I've really come to, the, the, the ways that I've come to understand how I've experienced the trauma of being a part of this civilization, part of this world is through the reflections of, of other men. And of other men, did you of say? Of other men, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think it's really powerful. I mean, mostly women listen to this podcast. I know that we have some men who listen to it as well. Um, and everyone's, of course, welcome. But I think it's it's really valuable what you're sharing for women to hear that, like, and I'm sort of extrapolating that, um, like, there's a, a place, there's a huge place for men's work, like men doing this work with other men and, like, going going deep into the vulnerabilities and the expectations and, like, more than I even know. And then there's this part about what we want you know you want to be in relationship with women i want to be in relationship with men or like a you know we're we're two heterosexual people and so because we have this like massive cultural mother wounding father wounding there is this area like i can do a lot of work with with women and like what about that father wound and you know so like men doing doing work with men and then and then men like addressing this this mother wound and i love that we're just kind of i feel like this unfurling of just bringing something to consciousness without pressure like that's what i feel in the energetic right now is that these can exist and we don't have to perfect them before you know being worthy of love or you know any of any of that shit but to know that like we've we've had these massive separations in feminine masculine with mother with father and we're learning to like mend that and so uh, maybe we can talk here a little bit more about projection, but I'm, I'm like, well, my, you know, my body had trauma. There's father wounding attached to that or can it, whatever the word is. And like healing touch, such as we were speaking to, or just like even sitting beside you on the couch is like, repatterning or like helping to repattern my nervous system with men and masculine and so like all of that can can exist you know as these like beautiful messy humans that we are that like you know you can 
desire the full just oceanic love of the feminine of like the holy mother and want that and be sitting next to a woman who's like <laughs> like able to give some of that but maybe you know not able to be like all of the divine feminine because she shouldn't be like nor should a man sitting next to me be everything I ever expected the divine masculine like it's it's I don't know it, it gets to be messy it gets to be like you know we're on a human journey we get to have our humanness yeah yeah I think that's that's a that's a really really big um piece to what I was trying to say is is you know if if I'm if I'm not aware of how my own experiences with wounding play out in my current situation, then sitting next to a woman on the couch might look uh, intentional and might be to to assuage or or apply a bomb to to those parts of me that are that that feel unworthy, that feel less than, that feel broken. That feel needy and and then that experience can become pretty uh and i'm speaking you know to my own experience that experience can become pretty needy and manipulative and extractive in nature right like yeah if i have an intention to feel better to alleviate the pain that maybe i'm even unconscious of then the experience becomes can become manipulative and extractive and not communicated so extractive without consent which to me is 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 patriarchy right like that energetic of extraction without consent that that anyone regardless of their gender can participate in and just like fuck yes to that (laughs) just that's all i wanted to say keep going yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 when i can sit on the couch and and experience those things popping up in my head of like you know unworthiness or or pain or the reality of age and you know blah 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 but have a a framework for for understanding that and the recognition that those things are my responsibility and that's only come to me in in that's primarily come to me in the reflections that have come my way in this work Mm. right with with other men so then Mm. i can sit there on the couch and be and be clean be clear be solid you know I can own the things that are mine to own as opposed to trying to get you to to put salve on, on these internal wounds. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. And as humans, I don't think it's all bad to be salve for the wounds sometimes. And And there's like it feels soft as I say that it feels, you know, almost like reconnective or something, something's going on for me because um, if I sit beside you on the couch and my feminine system still has repair, you know, to do, or like the opportunity for future repair still exists. And I'm aware of 
the father wounding. And there's a salve of your abiding nature. And like, I allow myself to experience that. I don't know. I don't really have words for the feeling that I get for that right now. I think in the past, I would have personally been like, well, I have to have it all cleaned up and zipped up and tidied up and like show up in that space. What we're saying, like on the couch, (laughs) I mean, we're just repeating that, but like, you know, beside someone and like have all of the projections cleared up. And now I'm like, oh no, no. Like all of it gets to exist and we get, I mean, that's what human relating and interconnectedness and connection is like, it can be trauma healing and we don't have to be trauma bonded. It can be, you know, um, through the relationships that we become more whole ourselves. And that doesn't have to be like a codependence. I mean, that it, it is just some of the natural beauty of being human together. That's what's yeah. for me right now. That's that's why I really like that that permaculture principle of observe and interact. Like like there's room for mistakes. In fact, there's beauty in mistakes. There's a necessity in the mistakes. That's that's why you observe and interact. And yeah. Observe and interact. And and you know you're collecting data. You're you're allowing the mistakes to guide you towards the desired outcome versus seeing the mistakes as a failure you know and i think that that's a huge thing in relationship is with other people is is uh, you know having the intention of allowing for those mistakes to guide you towards the desired outcome versus being um, you know one being unseen being unwilling to observe and two seeing it as as a as a failure and yeah. So I think that the intention is, is really important. I would love for there to be like a, a and maybe there is a few people already doing this work, but, but the principles of permaculture, uh, I would love for there to be like a, like a permaculture relationship um, mm. track or class or lesson or you know what I mean like like mm-hmm. how do you apply the principles of permaculture to intimate relationships I think that would be absolutely beautiful brilliant mm-hmm. there you go uh maybe that's yours to do <laughs> I mean I don't know I'm really enjoying just you know like um the simplicity of my life right now you're yeah. talking about like father and mother wounds I mean I'm 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 living with my parents wanting to gift them with the opportunity to age in place as opposed to going to some, you know, and they're hopefully far from it, but, but as opposed to going to some nursing home and being cared for and having their yeah. butts wiped by people that are making minimum wage, and really not enjoying the job. Um, and, uh, you know, the opportunity for me to, to rewrite or recreate or, um, you know, heal the relationship with my own parents is, is right here and it took my world falling apart really like in some really heavy ways um for for my focus to to get so 
small and simple that this work can, can be done. You know, like I was always out there trying to, to you're talking earlier about Seppi's place, community focus. There was, you know, I, I made so many mistakes being community focused when I hadn't, hadn't, I lost focus of the relationships closest parents and children. It was almost like an escape to, to not address those things by, mm. you know, put me out here trying to save the world. And so the, and, and I'm not saying that that stuff is important. I think that that's important too. But for me, in my experience, it took my world falling apart to, to find myself in this situation where all of a sudden the things that are really healing and really beautiful or sometimes the simplest my dad and I working mm. together out in the garden or my mom and I peeling potatoes while I'm listening to the stories of the childhood you know, those, those things are profoundly beautiful mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah I mean and your parents are their elders at this point they're probably approaching 30 or they're <laughs> approaching 80 um, if not over 80 yeah yeah I'm almost 80 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm, that's really beautiful. And um, yeah, the part that you said about like being out there trying to save the world. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to speak to that in my next podcast episode, like the last episode of this podcast, because there's a lot of the, like the original wounding, the original, you know, trauma wounding of father father and mother and um some of the original traumas of separation that we experience can really be like our impetus and our why and really great things are are created sometimes from that i mean solutions that the world needs and um i i have also been coming home to a deep recognition that 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 was a lot of what was behind my why was was really my own trauma um and i guess the recognition of what needed to be healed and so i just i wanted to heal it for all of us like i wanted to, i wanted to like help as many people heal from those things as i possibly could and um yeah this year i did a deep coming home to myself and into my body in a different way and yeah for all of the things that i've shared on this episode about my body my body actually feels like more whole and more embodied and less traumatized than ever like it's such a joy like the land of my body feels sound um after i stopped like projecting <laughs> the need to heal the trauma out onto the world yeah yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's much more peaceful. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, just, you know, sometimes I, I look at my journey to this place with, um, with something less than uh, awe and wonder and joy and gratitude, something that, you know, uh, lies in the, in the realm of criticism and 
fit and I just as I was making tacos just really grateful for for the journey um, you know who we are today is so much different than who we were 18 years ago or eight years ago or eight months ago mm-hmm. and and uh, I, I, I suppose if I were honest I don't regret any of the versions of who I, who I was knowing Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And the word that's arising is integration. You know, I said earlier that we've both been humbled, which is not <laughs> untrue. And it's like through the, you know, the holding of all things like shadow, positive, negative, you know, success, failure, all of those polarities that I think we can come to integration, which I want to start to wrap up here, but the, um, but here we find ourselves at the heart. (laughs) Like I wanted to, to end or to capture something about the heart before we concluded. And um, I think a couple of months ago, like we, we almost recorded this earlier and then we're having conversations about, you know, like, relational things you know throughout the fall and this concept came to me that I don't I don't think it's like not going to happen I think it's like just emerging and sometimes when things have emerged I've like tried to make them happen really quickly but there's this concept or maybe it's like a you know a couples group or something like that called meet me in the heart and so when I, when I speak to integration, I think of the heart. And when we're talking about all of these, what I call traumas of separation or the reasons that we have to mistrust or to guard ourselves or to, you know, stay away from love, <laughs> like not take the risk, like all of those things. One of the things that I've been you know, wanting to talk to you about or trying you're like <laughs> I feel like I'm like pulling at your sleeve a little bit like let's let's talk about this Effie. is this like how do we meet in the heart and how do we um like all things considered how do we meet in the heart so that's the question that I continue to ask myself and I'll just like open it up here, but what are your thoughts or feelings about um, the heart? The vulnerability. Like staying open. Like all things considered, we're more regulated, we're wiser, we're more integrated. And then the heart, like what do we do with that? I, I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have thoughts. I, I suppose the, um, the, the feeling that I have, the invitation with, with the question itself, You know, and I, th- I think this is one, one of the reasons I'm looking 
forward to seeing it, whether it happens or not. Is like I have this deep grief around. All of the slices, cuts, and punches to that organ of mine, that big old heart of mine. And, you know, quite honestly, it's, you know, we were talking before coming on here, it's balance, this, this navigating vulnerability and boundaries. And, and you know, I think. I think for, for, for me, what comes up is before I can even have thoughts in answering that question, I need to allow myself the, the time to experience the, the grief as to why it's even a fucking question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. Experience the grief. Uh, why is it even a question whether or not I would be able to stay in my heart, whether I'd be able to open my heart? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have... <laughs> right. But I think that was so gorgeous what you just said. Yeah. Like, step one. Yeah. Right. Do you trust... Do you trust your heart? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken me quite some time. Um, uh, do I trust my capacity to listen to my heart? Do I trust my capacity to listen to my body? That's, that's more of the, the question I get hung up on. Do I trust my heart? Fuck yeah. Do I always listen to it? <laughs> yeah. You know, do I always, um, am I always in with it? Do I take the time to, to, to understand what that question even means? Or, you know, that's, that's where the, that's where the learning curve is. I love. You love your heart? Yeah. Yeah. I love your heart too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do I trust my heart? Yes. Do I trust my capacity to always listen to it or to always listen to my body? Right, right. Yeah, I go, I go back again to, <clears throat> excuse me, to the pause and like to the slowness. And I recently was in a, you know, just an opportunity to witness like, Oh, there's the, you know, the catch of, or the spark of the old kind of flame, like the old kind of flame that would just like light up quick and burn out. <laughs> and I would wonder what happened. And, um, and I recognized that feeling and I chose differently. And the word that is always a lesson for me, you know, especially given the experience of like trauma that I had experienced early in life, the word is discernment. And so like, do I trust my heart? Well, my heart loving people was never really the 
like <laughs> the, the problem. I think it was like this angst of why isn't my heart more valued? And the reason that my heart or my love like wouldn't be more valued is, you know, comes back to how I value it and how um, these are really big topics, but, but how I discern. And so now the trust is like, do I trust my heart? Yes. Do I trust my capacity to discern and go at an appropriate pace and like take the time to know how I really feel like that's finally a yes which really feels good yeah 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 and then I feel like venturing you know back out into the <laughs> into the territory of like open-heartedness in relationship you know I, i'm like oh okay i can i can venture because yeah. i won't abandon myself and re-traumatize myself hopefully right <laughs> i mean that's that's the Lord, hopefully yeah that's the that's the discernment you know like that that is that is and I think a lot of the embodiment practices and work that you've done is 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 a, a huge boon to your discernment. And that's you know one of one of the like earlier when I was talking about like the, the trauma of men, you know, like my whole childhood, especially in sports, was like detachment from my body. Like yeah. I remember my football coach threatening to um, replace me, uh, my my position, if I couldn't figure out how to how to to do my job with the with the broken hand. And I was a center, yeah. so like you know, one hand was on the ground and the other hand was on the ball. And I had a cast on that was hidden by foam pads, so the referees wouldn't know it's a, it was a hard cast because then I wouldn't be able to play. And and I was supposed to do my job and and because it hurt you know i was i was threatened with the loss of my position being replaced by you know by the second string and 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 so like the and and circumcision and you know hearing from you know like like men don't cry um you know this whole thing and it's this detachment from the body yet the body holds so much wisdom especially in discerning things mm-hmm. you know and um and so that to me that's what, like one of the fundamental traumas of being a man in this yeah. in this, in this um, civilization uh, in this culture so yeah discernment's a biggie big one mm-hmm. yeah these are these are these are um, windows to other conversations. Yeah. And so maybe we'll have three days at the end of next week con- to continue, but we won't record them for everyone. We'll just have them. Um... <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. To Me too. Is there anything else that wants to be said before we wrap up today? 
I remember I remember when we were talking about doing this podcast and, and me saying like at this point I, I don't even know that I have anything to say and you asked me a question the effect of like do you trust my feminine part like, do, you, do you trust my capacity to to take us safely into a place of vulnerability and um, feeling a lot of gratitude that 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 was uh, an, an easy yes that me being here was uh, it was easy after you asked that, that reflective question so thanks for being being someone who being someone that you can trust or cut out a little bit hopefully yeah Yeah. to 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 hold my heart Mm, thank you yes yeah you too i was talking with my son rowan at breakfast this morning and he's like struggling with some friend stuff, you know, which is totally appropriate in eighth grade. And I watch his like propensity to want to trust fully or like want to, like he wants things to be optimal, which I, I really get and I relate to. And I was saying to him, like, you know, you can, you can trust mostly or you can like a person you know on the whole and allow them to be human and you know just like venturing into the non-black and white territory with him right and um for some reason you know that's what that's what arises as we talk about our trust and our relationship and like there's so much trust for your heart and who you are and our our love and our relationship and it is one of the greatest gifts of my of my life to know you and to experience our love and we really also allow one another to have our humanness. And I deeply appreciate that also. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that trust, like, I don't want you to trust me more than yourself, or I don't want you to trust me more than your relationship with the divine feminine. Right. Like, and (laughs) thank you for trusting my heart. And like venturing into this thing of of humanness and abidingness, and um, really like a, a, an unconditional experience of love and relationship. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, Sippy. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Sarah. Yeah.
This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you and your reviews help and they matter. Remember, you are not alone on this sacred remembering path and women are rising now and we're doing it together. You can join the sacred remembering community at sarahpoet.com and also visit there for more tools and inspiration and also to book work with me privately. Here's to your sacred remembering path. Much love and we'll talk to you next time.